This is the Transformation Bros Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jason and Nathan. Hey guys, welcome to the show, episode number 31. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. As we enter the Omicron phase of the pandemic. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) We're just about to move into the traffic light system coming out of the... What's that old system called? Uh, Levels. Um, (laughs) We're moving out of levels. We're going into traffic light. Yeah. We're being undercut by Omicron. Yeah. And And Christmas is here. Yeah. And we just want green. We just want green in our (laughs) traffic light. I don't really understand why we're not green in the South Island. That was a question I had for the Prime Minister. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are asking that, actually. Well, we're asking the tough questions on the Transformation Bros of of our leadership. Yeah. We're going into orange. Yeah. Even though we have no COVID. Which means slow down. (laughs) Slow down. (laughs) Which we can all... Do more of. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the government's onto something. Yeah. Just slow down. Stay in orange until you really, really know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So um, stay here for all the latest traffic light Omicrombian updates. Yeah. We'll give you (laughs) COVID life. You'll hear it here first three weeks after it's happened. Yeah. Sorry about that. Due to delayed recording. Yeah. Uh, How's your week been? I've had an interesting week. Yeah. My week's been good. Um, my middle son rolled his ankle, so two and a half oh, hours. Yeah, I saw him hobbling around the yeah, house the other he's been day. Hobbling around, <laughs> and um, he's so he's, tall now too, isn't he? Yeah, and he's got um, massive growth plates. He had to get an, an X-ray of his ankle, and the doctor pointed out like he's got these growth plates in his foot and in his leg, but she said he's also got one in his heel. So his foot is going to actually expand backwards if there's such a thing. Wow, what's so, a yeah. growth plate? Is it like ah, a tectonic plate for yeah, humans? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think it's, it's a it's a like, place that the bones can expand into. Oh, yeah. And she said that, um, this may be boring for people, but <laughs> it's basically his muscles and his tendons and tissues are all trying to hold on oh, frantically wow. while his legs, because his granddad's 6'4", so he's oh, really got that sort of growth in happening. him. You can see that. So he's getting a bit giraffey <laughs> and sort of lanky. It's all in the leg. Yeah. <laughs> but um, a good thing I had with him... Um, when you when you do your ankles as a as a child, it's really good to get good physio. I've heard that because mm. otherwise you get these weakened ankles, oh, and yeah. we're on them all day, I right? Have that. Yeah, and so probably great idea to get him into some physio and stuff. And I was like, I need to get to, and get you into some physio, and he's like, No, don't want to do physio. And I'm like, oh, Okay, well, I really think you should because at this end of the stage, it's good to get that strengthened up and not have a weak ankle. And he's like. Well, last time I mentioned physio, you just said, oh, they'll just give you exercises and stuff. <laughs> it was Touché. So, it was so annoying. It was so <laughs> yeah. funny. I can so hear I, you saying that too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> My experience with physio. And uh, so I said to him, uh, oh, geez, whatever. You know better. And um, then He's left it for about, you, yeah, I've left it. Yeah, he is a great mirror for me, frustratingly. But I've left it and then he's come back um, this morning and said, oh, I might, might get physio. And so it was a really good lesson in not pushing. Yeah. Like actually just maybe let him know the, the consequences or the outcome and then just leaving him to come up with his he's own. Not, you're, pushing will never work with him. No, that's right. I don't think it works with many kids. Maybe maybe there are kids that it works with, but yeah, um, I it's more I'm work with learning them. with as they're getting older, it's enrollment. Mm. Jeez, it's such a wow. great um, thing to do because I think we're always enrolling people, whether it's our our work colleagues, our parents, our family, our children, our friends. It's all about enrollment, isn't it? Ultimately, mm. yeah, so, it yeah, is. Yeah, I feel I'm getting better at that. Yeah. I haven't nailed it, but I'm getting slightly better. Yeah, for sure. 
and enrollment being um for those that don't know how i would describe it is um you know if you think about what it's not and that's exactly what you said just telling someone what you want to get your mm. needs met mm. that's not for enrolling but Enrollment is, it really requires you to slow down and connect with another person and mm. get in their world and understand where they're coming from, where they're at, what's important for them, where they want to go in order to create a joint vision for the two of you, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. And it's so much quicker just to make them do it. Oh, yeah. It's hard, <laughs> right? No, you're we're right. in a hurry. Yeah, that's right. No Back time. to the traffic light. Orange, mm. orange, <laughs> <Yeah>. orange. <laughs> slow down yeah that's right no that's a good explanation actually because when you've got two people wanting to do something it's better than one person wanting to do it and dragging the other person Mm. along obviously i was listening to this really great audio from steve chandler oh he's good yeah he's awesome he gives me so many insights and he was talking about how like uh you know as bosses we're like bosses at work always busy managers always busy hey oh can, i can be we need to have a chat yeah come in i can fit you i got five minutes before my mm. next meeting come and have a chat and it's like if they he was sort of talking about how like we've got a whole bunch of crap on our to-do list that's not important and we don't make time for the stuff that's really important which mm. is actually connecting with your team that's mm. the most important thing you can do and it doesn't matter how efficient you become if you're doing the wrong thing. It doesn't matter. You can Ooh. become the most efficient person and get through your whole to-do list, but if it's the wrong to-do list, wow, it doesn't matter. Yeah, great point. Yeah. And so he was talking about like exactly the same thing, like slow down, spend an hour, two hours with one of your team, mm. take them for coffee, get in their world, figure out what they're, what's going on for them. Because he said if you add up all the six-minute... <laughs> rushed conversations that you have that don't actually make a difference Mm. you may as well not have them yeah because there's no enrollment in six minutes there's no chance of you getting into someone's world in six minutes and really serving them that's so good that's a such a great point and i experience that sometimes where i'm like oh i don't have time someone's actually trying to spend time with me Mm. and i realized this over the last sort of six months is exactly what you're saying that that time for another person to feel seen heard and valued is actually supersized that 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. It gets supersized but just to like, feel oh, that connection. I've got, I've got emails to answer and I've got to ring that person. You know, it's like all this yeah. nonsense. But that's a practice. For that's sure. what I've been learning is that's a practice to actually take that time. Yeah, great point. Love yeah. that. Go, um, Steve. But that's enrollment. You know, that's enrollment. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. But, yeah, he said it's this this whole idea of just, like, if you're finding yourself just busy and overwhelmed and rushing and da-da-da and got to get to the next thing, like, as a parent or a manager or a business owner, it's unlikely that energy is going to take you and the people you lead Hmm. to the right place. Yeah. What is is going to be slowing down. The return on investment of slowing down and actually spending quality, connected time with the people that are important to you. Yeah. We'll have a thousand times return on investment. Oh, that's so beautiful. We should just keep talking about that because it's such a practice to to do that. Like I'd have to remind myself every day of that just to, hey, come on, Jace, slow down, take mm. your time, do what's important. Mm. There's always stuff to do. I think, I don't know if you guys out there experience this, but there's, my to-do list is bottomless. Yeah. It kind of doesn't. 
you never kind of get to the had end. Had a really of it. funny conversation with a client about this last week on, on our, our group call with all, all my clients. We have this group call every two weeks, and he was saying that um, <laughs> he's got a to do list that effectively sits in the top drawer of his desk that's wow. bottomless. Yeah. You know, there's a 32 items on it or something. And anytime he has space, and like, because I'm always trying to get him to slow down, create more space, get stuff off mm. his plate so he can actually focus on and figure out what's important Mm. and as soon as he creates space and sits down the old top drawer comes open (laughs) and the to-do list comes out and then he just starts working through it and gets overwhelmed and so it's curious about your thoughts on to-do lists but it's like to me that wasn't empowering having like a never-ending to-do list and it's like the stuff on there that's he said, ironically, one of the items was like um, spend time doing nothing uh, <laughs> on his funny. to-do list. Yeah, put that as number one. <laughs> exactly, put that as number one and never get to number two. So, yeah, I um, I think there's a point where like this endless to-do list thing, there's a point where it, there's a point where it works and there's a point where it starts mm. to not work. Mm. Yeah. Because it's like this, this idea of like I'll be happy when or I'll be good enough when or I'll be complete when. I just get on top of this, then I can relax or whatever. And if you've got a never-ending to-do list, that never comes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, th- I say have two. Have two to-do lists. So that's what I do. You're advocating for more to-do more lists. To do, more to-do lists. Yeah. More to-do to-do lists. <laughs> yeah. So I have one that rolls over every day in my diary. I have an analog I've iPad. I've seen your one, yeah. It's called a paper diary. Yeah. And you have quite a long to-do list, I noticed. Well, typically. yeah, it just keeps rolling around. But I, 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 I've, I've learned to have compassion with my to-do list, and the you know seven habits of highly effective people, and all those other great books around this. They always say, eat the frog first, do the hardest thing on the list. So I actually have trained myself to do that. If really? there's something on there I don't want to do, I just try. I try and get that out of the way as soon as practically possible, and then all the others can sort of waft around. Oh yeah. But having, I think, personally, I've learned to have compassion for my to-do list. It's not, I don't have it as a pressure. I have it as something that sits over there. It's um, an inanimate object and it doesn't talk back to me. Mm. So I just it's just something I can look at and go, oh, yeah, that needs doing, that needs doing. I'll add to it, stuff like that. And then in my phone, I'll have like a, a home work list, stuff, jobs, so if I do find myself at home with, and I'm like a sad day, and I've got, I'm like right, I've got time to do some chores. I go to that list, mm. but I keep them kind of separate. But do you have? Do you ever get to just spend time doing nothing? Or I do. Do you, do you always go to the to do list? No, I do. I definitely, definitely um, spend time doing nothing, and I enjoy that time. Mm. But it's because I'm old, and like I've spent years <laughs> of just running and doing, mm. and now under the new traffic light system, I'm just enjoying some orange. That's right. And I Slow just, down. it's bloody beautiful to actually take that time. And when I do it, so I'll sit down. The first thing that comes up is like, well, I got stuff to do. And I'm like, no, nah, F off. I'm just going to sit here. I'm actually going to enjoy this time. Mm. It's kind of make my, I kind of tell myself mm. and then I do it. And it could be half an hour. It could be an hour. And then I get back up and go do stuff. But I enjoy it's, um, there's another saying, um, that it's the gray that ruins things. You know, if you're black and you're white. So when I'm on, like when I'm at work, I'm at work. And when I'm not at work, I'm not at work. There's no grey. Yeah. And it's, I think it's the grey that kills Big things. Time. That's what lengthens everything out. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I changed, I have my to-do list on my notes on my phone, and I changed it to um, 
I think I call it like my creativity list. <laughs> or it's like the, that's good. Sometimes I call it because I did different ones. I'll call it what I get to do list. Oh, you that's know? smart. I As like that because that, sometimes it can feel like Ugh, good yeah. stuff to do. But it's like, oh, this is what I get to create today. This is exciting. Um, count, counterpoint to the to do list. Uh, my friend Mark, what he does is he hates to do lists. He's right. an anti to do list. Yeah. Shout but what he Mark. does is, I think because his argument is. The to-do list is something that's, one, it's stuff that's already been sort of put on your plate. Mm. So it's not stuff that you're generating from within. Mm. And if we just, it's almost like a reactionary list, a to-do list. It's reacting to things that are coming into your life that you have to deal with, Mm. have to deal with, Mm. quote unquote. Um, So it's not necessarily a creative list. So he's designed his life and it's taken a long time for him to get to this place, but he'll meditate in the morning and he'll feel into like what do i want to create today mm, what I do i actually that. want to create in my business what do i want to just go and paint something mm. do i want to go and get out of town for the day and spend some time in nature do i so he'd never he's never in that zone of like oh i've got to well, better get into the to-do list today that mm. came from yesterday and the day before mm. and that really seems to work for him in a lot of ways and like i say he set up his business so that a lot of the daily to-do tasks don't fall to him yeah. So he can have the ability to have that high level, visionary, creative mode, rather yeah. than kind of reactionary do 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 mode. Yeah. How good is that? Yeah. And kudos to him because he has. He's you know most people that get to that stage have worked incredibly hard to exactly to get there. So. Yeah. To create the system that allows them to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But it and takes something too. I know that would take something to like not feel like you should be doing the to do list. So I know it would be mm. a, a it would be a a mistake to think that that's an easy thing to create. Yeah, and I think we um I want to do shout out to the to do list as well because there's there's a certain amount of joy and pleasure in marking things off and actually doing them. Mm. So they're not for me anyway. They're not a completely horrible thing. Mm. Um, it definitely me, not. It's like again, it's all nuance. It's yeah. I think it's the. I don't know how we got onto to-do lists. But yeah, Jesus, <laughs> fascinating <laughs> subject. <laughs> Tune uh, back in when we... Join us next week for shopping lists. Yes, yes. <laughs> you will definitely do shopping lists. How do you write your shopping list? Yeah. You can save 10 cents on a can of spaghetti if you shop on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's it's under, it's checking in with yourself. It's going, am I in this zone where I've got a never-ending to-do list that never seems to bring me joy and I never seem to get on top of. Yeah, what's the actually, effect on It's you? actually not creating any space to create something new. I'm just reacting to what's already so. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have neither, that just yeah. dive into their day and... What? People without a, shot, a to-do list? Yeah, can you imagine? What? I know. Who are these Probably people? Probably not in our perfectionist Jeepers. community. <laughs> wow. Group of perfectionists out there, all of you. You love to produce... Yeah, put your hand up if you're a to-do lister. Exactly. So there, anyway, so it's a place to check in. Yeah. Jason and Nathan. I wanted to touch on something today. Yeah? About authenticity. Oh. Which we've talked about quite a few times on the pod. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, I love it too. And I'm leaning into um, being more authentic. We often call it speaking your truth. And mm. I notice some people don't quite understand what that means, mm. speaking your truth. So... If you can think of an example for you, and I'll give an example for me of speaking my truth, it might be <laughs> what it is at the moment is a lot of stuff annoys me because I'm a perfectionist and I like things done right, I like things to work. When I notice things aren't right, 
that annoys me. Mm. And my truth is I'm annoyed by that. We can decide whether that's right or wrong or perfection. That's not this conversation. It's just the fact that sometimes my truth is that certain things annoy me. Now, the nice guy in me goes, come on, you know, you're being a perfectionist. Um, That's judgmental. Um, Suck it up. Yeah, it'll be okay. We can get around it. Yeah, we'll work around it. Just you know, don't be don't be that guy. Don't be the picky guy, right? Yeah. So what starts to happen there is those are all good points, by the way. But what it actually creates is an inauthenticity. Mm. It creates me, and then that leads to resentment. That means it leads to me walking around with a whole bunch of fucking pent up, Mm. fucked off resentment in my Mm. body uh, that doesn't get expressed. Mm. So. Oh, great. Everybody else gets to see this nice guy. But meanwhile, I'm fucking exploding inside from all the mm. stuff that I'm not sharing because yep. I'm not speaking my truth. So as we've said in past podcasts, the temptation is to go out there and just don't give a <laughs> fuck what anyone thinks about you and start machine gunning yeah. all your judgments. That's let's not, let's not jump that. to that. No. But for me, it's been a practice of going, oh, I'm actually going to share when I don't like something. I'm going to do it in a kind way. I'm not going to do it in a way that... Um, I'm going to make sure I'm clean Authentic. when I share it, yeah, yeah, and make sure my intention is not to hurt people, but just to mm. express it. And what I notice is it creates, it's been creating more conflict in my life, but I feel so much more peaceful within myself. I'm so much more calm and present, and I feel like, well, even if you don't like me, or even if you don't like what I'm saying, at least you don't like me. It's actually me. Mm. It's not some weird mm. version of me pretending to be, the, you know? Yeah. It's like, so there's something about going, well, this is me. <laughs> if you don't like me, that's it. You've got my deepest truth yeah. about how I feel. If you yeah. don't like that, well, that's I can't do anything about that because that is me. Yeah, and I like There's something that. really liberating about it. Mm. Um. But the part I wanted to touch on is that I've had to experience more conflict than I'm comfortable with. Mm. And mm. I posted in the group at the start of the week often that we'd rather be inauthentic than deal with the discomfort of our authenticity. Yeah. We'd rather be inauthentic than deal with the discomfort of our authenticity. Yeah, and I think discomfort is a good word for that conflict. That's what, maybe that's what it is in the dictionary, but... Yeah, it's that not wanting to be uncomfortable, not wanting to say something when you you know you really want to. Yeah. Yeah. So It's not even that I want to say something, not like I really want to. It's like it's my truth. I, yeah. You know, it's not like you I'm need dying to. to say it. It's like it's more oh, I want to I want to be authentic, you know? I want to be authentic. So I had a conversation with a friend where we you know i was a little bit triggered and i was a little bit angry and i chose to share my truth in that moment about what i was feeling and it was tinged with a bit of anger but i actually rang you because i was like oh god and he reacted badly and now mm. we're in this conflict da, 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 da. and you sort of said oh yeah well you know was it did you speak your truth and i was like yeah oh, yeah i did and you're like well is any of it untrue i was like actually no I wouldn't, there's nothing I would take back. It's all actually true. Mm. And it's led us to have some really beautiful conversations since then. And you actually said that at the time. You're like, well, maybe this is this conflict, this speaking come your truth is what's going to take you to the next level, what's needed. Yeah. And I think that's very, very true. 
um, it won't always end with a pretty bow and I'm lucky that both my friend and I are very open people I think and very yeah. willing to look at themselves and do the, do the work so that helps it won't always end that way but yeah just understanding that the discomfort is not bad I no, think that's what my that's point right. is today yeah it's like when you start to feel discomfort all your nice guy traits and all your nice guy behaviors People are going to pleasing. scream that it's wrong, mm. that something is wrong. Mm. You've caused discomfort. You've caused a scene. You've caused, um, you know, you, you've made things messy. And that's going to feel, because I can just sense it in me now, my parents going, calm down, you know, stop making a scene. Yeah. Okay. Parents always want to stop crying. Stop, be good. Be good. Ugh. And so it's like when we, aren't good and when we aren't compliant and when we're not happy with something it's going to feel like we're doing something wrong or yeah. we're getting told off by mum yeah in our body and if we are doing something wrong we shouldn't do that so that, you know but if you're not if you're just being authentic and I don't know if it's standing up for yourself or doing what you feel is right or not putting up with something that you don't agree with it's okay to just share that it's, if it's coming from that authentic place like you said it I'd rather people like me for who I really am than like this weird sort of version of me that's keeping my mum happy and keeping people happy and sort of I'm under the water and barely can breathe, but everybody thinks I'm a good person. Oh, God. You know, that's yeah. just... That's how most of living. It's something I realised a year or two ago was um, where... Because I used to have a lot of anger. I could still touch a part of it, you know. Like but you're I could, a nice guy. I could, yeah, that's right. But I think... I learned that the anger is actually resentment. I thought it was coming from my dad. I thought it was coming from all these different places. But actually, the more I learned about being authentic and just being me, I realized that the opposite of doing that is what creates resentment, which comes out like anger. And it's true. It leaks out in all the weird places and um, generally with the people closest to us or the people we actually love. um, That's where it leaks out, which is horrible yeah because we don't with those people closest to us we maybe we know that they're not going to go anywhere yeah it's safe it's safe it's to safe yeah. yeah and we're trying to keep all this facade up out in the outside world we're holding it all together i uh, there's you know how they talk about anger management yeah yeah oh, that guy had to go into anger management right and i remember hearing a psychologist saying it's actually not the wrong term because people that are angry are very good at managing their anger. Yeah, wow. They're very good at managing it. Yes. They manage it everywhere in life, and then they come home and explode it all over their partner because yeah. they've been holding it in all day. Yeah. You know? So yeah. they actually manage it very well. <laughs> that's not the problem. Yeah, that's right. Rather than be authentic in each moment so as not to build that resentment yes. and anger and have it sort of get yes. bigger, a bigger monster underneath. Renee Brown had a great quote. She said... Um, the mantra that you can say to yourself is I choose to feel discomfort now over feeling resentment yeah. later. Yeah. And Pretty that's sure that's where I got it from. Yeah, yeah. From Brene. Shout out Brene. Yeah. If she's she's awesome. Yeah. Is Brene listening? <laughs> she's listening. Stick your hand up. But it's true. I think it's great. I think it's a really, really good point. Can you give an example of where, just so I don't feel on my own here, where you've had to share your truth or speak your truth and it's created discomfort, but you've actually felt good. That you shared it? 
maybe like in your business or at work yeah or i mean i definitely yeah i find it easier to do in business to be honest probably um, because you don't care about those people so much though. yeah there's not that sort of um because remember people pleasing a nice guy the reason we do it mainly is because of the fear of loss of someone or something so when we don't have that we can be more authentic mm. but if we're trying to be authentic and we're actually scared of losing something by by doing that, then we'll we'll be worse. We'll actually yeah, okay. that's true. Yeah. So um, I think I'm definitely going to come across this in dating as I do more dating. Oh yeah. Because being more authentic, like let's be honest, who what's the point in dating a facade? We all know that oh. after a week, a month, whatever. Oh. Talk about resentment building. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then we find out that neither of us are who we said we were. And I don't <laughs> I don't so believe true. in vomiting on the first date or the second date and just, you know, get but Oh, did you know that date. I do this, you know? And I oh, I'm this is who I really am. Well that's weird. It's that's weird. weird. That's, that's right. A weird way to do it. But like eking it out and trying to be um, genuine and authentic is a great idea. Um I've really noticed since I've been doing the polarity course and learning how to lead better, I've noticed in business I had an example the other day with a supplier. Um, she was speaking to me, and I think it would have been easier if it was a man. I would have noted, I would have picked this up way quicker. Um, but she was being condescending and talking to me about stuff that I know about um, that I've been doing for ten years. So I really did know, and it was, she was being condescending. So um, the old me would have said, "Oh, look, you know, we'll figure it out," or. Um, da da da, whatever. But I was actually had to say to her, "Look, I'm going to stop this conversation because you're being condescending and you're Ooh, actually speak, speaking to me like a five year old." Now, old me would have been so fucking uncomfortable doing that. Mm. I could have done it easily with a man. Interestingly, new me would have been uncomfortable doing that, <laughs> <laughs> but it felt so good. Yeah, not because I'd. Um, Shut her down. Shut her down or, you know, it wasn't an ego thing. It was like, Jesus, it was the first time I've actually felt someone, a woman being really condescending to me and it was so uncomfortable that I mm. would have not been being authentic if I hadn't said that. I don't know if that's a good example, but it's definitely one that I noticed was uh, really true for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you've had um, the fact that you didn't feel the discomfort is, that's the breakthrough, isn't it? Yeah. I guess that's where we want to get to. Maybe that's. Eventually, maybe I'm just feeling a discomfort because it's new, but eventually I'll feel more and more comfortable with the... Because did that create a little bit of conflict between you guys? Uh, between me and her? Yeah. Uh, kind of, but I can still find that genuine place in me that needs to get stuff done. Yeah. And, and and the other thing I noticed is afterwards, I knew I would have been resentful with her if I hadn't yeah. have done it. Whereas I'm actually quite clean. And She's, you've got an ongoing relationship with that supplier, so... yeah. You need to, you need to set it straight, right? Yeah, it's not like they're going away. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's a new relationship too. So the old supplier that mm. was doing her job wasn't like that. Ah, right. But I do. It's it's a funny thing for men. Um, I think I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but women can actually be manipulative and condescending in a really nice, uh, beautiful way. Oh, yeah. And we can't. I would not have picked it up traditionally. But when a man does it to me, I'm like, hang on, jeez, what the hell's going on here? So, yeah, that's kind of a new learning for me. I really like what you said about the the fear of loss, mm. you know. I remember the most um, liberated I felt was when I came out as gay 
And the only way I could do that would was to confront that loss. Mm. And I had the conversation with myself of going, do I want to come out and risk losing all my family and my friendships? Mm. Or do I want to live inauthentically and keep them? Oh, man, that's big. That's yeah. huge. And it was that. Like, I mean, you know, it wasn't like it was, you know, wasn't like it is today. There was a potential that you could lose friends and family. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a, a guarantee that it was all going to be a happy ending mm. back then. Like it has been. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah. But um, I made the decision. I was like, nope, I'm, I wanna, I'm happy to lose them in order to be myself. Family's not that good anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. Jeez. Jeez, what have they ever done for me? <laughs> um, but no, it was, no, it, was it was more about like, um, just to, to your point of going, becoming okay with the loss. Mm. And that's, I think that's what you said, we're, we fear that loss. So if we can actually look that fear in the face and go, mm. I choose authenticity over the fear of loss. Mm. I'm happy to lose people who aren't comfortable with me being myself. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, every person's going to have to reconcile that in their own way mm. to how they're going to actually deal with that because that what you're talking about there is huge. That's a, that's a great example. And we're doing it in many examples all, all the time, day. just all day. And know? it's, you know, it, it didn't turn out to be true. I didn't lose anybody, mm. literally. Yeah. In my life, I got closer to people. Yeah. So what I'm, I'm not saying go and get rid of everyone out of your life by being authentic, but it's confronting the fear of loss. Yeah. And getting making friends with that fear and going, okay, that's going to be painful and that's not my choice, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yep. And the irony, people, is that actually what we worry about and fear the most doesn't actually happen. It's There will be examples. Yeah. But generally, generally when it's that important – like you're not dealing with just some little thing, but if it's actually that important, normally it brings people closer together when they're <clears throat> when they're authentic mm. and genuine. Yeah, there's that Mark Twain quote, famous quote: "I've known a great deal of troubles in my life, most of which have <coughs> never happened." <laughs> yeah, yeah, most ninety percent of worry never happens. No. Well, that was a fun conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Feel like we took on the the slow orange light really well. <laughs> we did. We slowed down um, and just talked about what we want to talk about. Yeah, and I want to embrace. That's just a continuation for me. Is keep speaking my truth, um, keep leaning into the discomfort of that, and knowing I'm choosing authenticity over resentment and and um, you know keeping people around with a facade. Yeah, being the authentic version of ourselves. And if you are in the Facebook group, we'd love to hear any stories that you have about that. Yeah. If you've transcended it or worked something through or have an example. Yeah, or where you're struggling you've taken it. it on. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a big one. And we know this will liberate a lot of you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for being here again and listening to us. And we'll see you next episode. That was the Transformation Bros with Jason and Nathan. <laughs> 